Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. I'm Kat. And I'm SJ. And today we have a really great guest, Lyra Parrish. She is one half of the duo Kennedy Fox. Lyra, we are so happy to have you here today. Can you please let the listeners know who you are? Sure. And thank you so much for inviting me. I am so honored to be here and to chat with you today. <laughs> you shouldn't um, be. <laughs> I am. So um, my real name is Courtney. Um, I write under the pen names Lyra Parrish, and I am one half of the USA Today bestselling duo Kennedy Fox. Um, My writing partner is Brooke Cumberland, and she is a USA Today bestselling author as well. Um, We started writing together in 2016. We were basically scammed by an MLM. We were in the (laughs) honeypot industry. No, so we're totally anti-MLM, but we were on the same team. We were acquaintances at that point. We had both written romance. We both started at the same time, like 2013, 2014 time period. And at that point, we were like, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this MLM anymore. Like, I'm not committed. And at that point, she had a really large team and spent her life savings on this MLM. And um, we became friends because we had the same like leader or whatever. And I was like, I want to go back to writing. And she was like, I need to go back to writing. And then uh, Brooke asked me if I would like to co-write with her. And I had never successfully co-written with anyone. And she hadn't either. And we were both like, you know, we have nothing to lose at this point. We wanted to kind of like start over. And so Brooke sent me the first chapter of what everyone knows of This Is War. It was our best-selling series when we first got started. And from there, I wrote the second chapter. She wrote the third chapter. And then I wrote the fourth chapter. And we just went back and forth. And as we were writing, we knew like this is actually really fun to work with someone. Um, But also, we knew that we had a story that was special. We were like, we can't just pack this into one book. I think we need to write two books. And then two books turned into four books and six books. Out of that first series that we released, it hit the USA Today bestsellers list four times. Um, And then now we've got, what, 30? I should have counted. I'm so sorry. 30, (laughs) 38 books written together or- Oh my God. Good God. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a whole lot. We have seven series at this point. Um, And I like to joke that Brooke is, we're like literary married, um, you know, because our books our babies and our property and we do everything together as far as writing and you know marketing our books and just getting the name Kennedy Fox out there so yeah we've been around since our first book published in October of 2016 and we have just released consistently ever since the whole co-author thing fucking fascinates me because like I don't like I can't understand it because I've never tried it so I have I have two questions and I'm going to say this first one before I forget and then the the next one (laughs) I'm very curious if there's a story behind how you said I have never successfully co-written together before. So did you have a bad experience or? No, I, I didn't have a bad experience. I think that as authors, like it's such a isolated profession that you want to work with someone. Like even if you just have a friend that you talk to on a daily basis or, or whatever the case is. And so I've talked about it with several people like we should co-write, we should do this. But then when you get down to the nitty gritty of it like you know it doesn't always happen it's a glorious idea but the execution of it sucks um (laughs) I, I didn't have any bad experiences it just never happened you know I wanted to do it but every 
everybody's schedules are different, whatever the case was. So it's hard to hook up with someone, especially if you're still releasing on your own and also trying to co-write with someone, then you have two brands that you have to worry about. So it's a whole lot to, to, to do. Um, but because we were both starting over, you know, we didn't really have to worry about, you know, well, we need to work on our front list for our individual names while also trying to build this co-author thing going together so we could just go all in with Kennedy Fox. But yeah, no, there's no tea to spill about that. Or anything, so. I, my ears instantly picked up like, oh, what is this drama? Tell me. Make um, a story up for us so we have something, a good clip to use. Some juicy ones. I've heard some horror stories when it comes to co-writing. Um, when it got blasted out, who was behind the, the pen name Kennedy Fox, I had so many people who just messaged me and told me just horrible stories about how, you know, they would write with their friends and they were besties and then like they would get into an argument and not be able to work it out because they were so passionate about their point of view that they they stopped being friends. And um, a lot of things that I've heard that happens with co-authors is like Kennedy Fox is an LLC. We ha- It's a business, you know, it's mm-hmm. a legitimate business. Um, we treat it as a business, but some people will be like, well, I'm just going to co-write with my friend and they can put this book underneath their KDP account and I trust them to pay me. And so the horror stories stories that I've heard have been essentially had a fallen out, wrote these books, the author who had it under their KDP account refused to pay the other person. And, you know, it's, it's just a a devastating situation to be in because you lose a friend and you don't get paid for your hard work. So it's like, (laughs) all's fair and romance writing and KDP accounts, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So do you, I'm going to ask a million questions about this co-writing thing. So I'm very just curious. And also I'm way too much of a controlling bitch to ever share. Like I would be that person like that. I would just be. I I, I thought the same exact thing as well. Um, Me and Brooke both are very headstrong and both need to have complete control over everything essentially, but it's good because we're so like-minded that we are on the same page. So, you know, we fully trust each other with each other's decisions and, you know, we're on the same team, we're on the same page and together we're stronger because of that. And, you know, we don't have asset. We work together. And if I always joke that if I had a clone like a real life clone it would probably be Brooke because we both have the same work ethic and I think that's the most important thing when you're co-writing with someone and you have to know how to compromise yes absolutely it it, you you do like when I say literary married I'm I'm being serious with that like you have to know when to hold them and know when to fold oh my god my favorite (laughs) phrase So, okay. So to some side note, like, so Kat and I read The Best of Us this week because I was like, we need to, yeah, both loved it, read it, binged it, I think in the last like 48 hours. Because I know, so the reason I reached out to you too is because we both know the same person. So Brittany of BJ Reads. Yes. good friend of mine and she's told me about your books forever and I'm like okay I need I need to read one tell me which one to read you know and she's like well of course she's like well I'm gonna give you eight to read and I'm like well I need one <laughs> I need one I need to read it quickly um so we read that so do you write all of your books with that every other chapter thing is that is that how you do it for all of them more or less um so we try to do that there's sometimes when it doesn't quite work out because we don't want to give away like a plot point that's at the clock 
climax. Like we want the reader to stay guessing. But for the majority of our books, it is alternating point of view, uh, just so you can get inside of both characters' heads fully and see the full picture, you know. Um, We do like writing in the hero and heroine POV, but we have discussed um, doing some dark romance duets, and I can tell you they won't be in dull POV like that. Um, But for our contemporary, yes, for sure. So do you split the POV? Is it like one of you does one character, the other does the other? Oh, no, no, no. We're, okay. We both we both write in both POVs because you need to, be, as a writer, you need to be able to get into both the characters' heads. And if you were stuck in just the heroine's POV, I think it would get really boring to write, you know? Because it's like, oh, here's my chapter waiting for yours. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> And like a lot of people are like, well, do you split the book in half? Do, does Brooke write the first half and you write the second half or whatever the case is? And it's different. I can tell you, um, we'll sit down and we'll plot the book. We'll, it'll take us a day, maybe two days. Um, and then I'm like, okay, Brooke, tell me which chapters I'm going to write. Because I don't care. I can write whatever, you know? And so she'll go through and she's like, okay, well, these four chapters need to go together because it's like the same type of scene. And then these two chapters can go together. These six chapters could go together or whatever and we'll split it evenly but in different chunks like that um there's only been one book where brooke has written the first half and i've written written the second half and that was the two of us um and it was difficult i can tell you that was hard to do it like that um because you don't you're not in the character's head as you're developing them and if you start at the end it's like those characters already have a foundation laid you have to make sure that you you know match that personality interesting so interesting It's It's blowing my mind right now. Yeah, I know. same <laughs> but yeah it's different like right now I can tell you in this new book that I'm writing I don't have all my chapters laid out but I'm writing the Ooh. prologue chapter one and two chapter six seven eight and nine and then I have 14 15 and there's some others in there too but you know so crazy it's all different it, well and because reading knowing that it's a uh, co-author but like reading the best of us I'm like I don't I can't tell a difference I would never know right there's mm-hmm. not like I can be like oh someone wrote this chapter someone wrote a different chapter so is that like you guys have really just just fucking matched your styles or is this like part of editing where you're like you smooth it out how does that work so okay before me and Brooke started writing <laughs> together we had never read each other's work okay don't rec I don't recommend that for most people we were just like yeah let's do this <laughs> all in we had never Bold. read each other's work I mean she could have been this eloquent writer and then me I've got like my certain voice and she has hers but luckily our voice is very similar the way that we write and it was from the beginning um so the cool thing was is that if I let a book sit, I cannot tell you what I wrote and what I did not write because our voices are so similar. Wow. And when we go through That's the cool. editing process, she'll make tweaks on my chapter and I'll make tweaks on her chapter. And so they mesh together even better because we're both going through each other's stuff and doing suggestive changes and like marking it up the way that we would to help with flow, pacing. Maybe, you know, we write a bunch of Southern romances, like fourth or fifth generation 
Appalachian Texan. Um, and so she's from Wisconsin and sometimes Brooke will throw things in there. And I'm like, Southerners don't say this, you know, I don't know what this is. Like she calls it a, a garbage can or a trash can, like a, a bin. And I'm like, we don't call it a bin in Texas. It's a trash can. You go stick that in the trash, you know? Yeah. And so there's little differences like that. But for the most part, it's, it's very, very close. Um, so when I was editing, like, I guess it was the book before last, it was in November. And when I'm going back and reading through my chapters, I won't mark them up because I want Brooke to read it as, you know, without the suggestive changes, like how I want her, how I want to present it to her. And so I'm going through and I'm marking up this chapter and I'm halfway through it. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't think that I wrote this chapter. And it was like a specific <laughs> work that I didn't know until halfway through. And I was like, I didn't write this chapter. And so I text her real quick and I'm like, Brooke, oh my God, I just made a bunch of changes to your chapter because I thought it was mine. So it's not in suggestive. <laughs> so if you see it a little different, then that's why. And it was like, chicken alfredo and it was the way that she capitalized chicken and alfredo and i was like i would never do that like i didn't write it um, such a specific thing i know it's always the weirdest stuff that makes me realize that i didn't write this but it's so similar and like i know the plot that like if i don't actually mm -hmm. look at my list when i'm done writing i don't know what what's hers and what's mine you know so are you ever worried about disappointing her oh all writing? the time we we always <laughs> when we're in edits were always like you made me cry you know as a joke because she goes so hard on my chapters and I go so hard on her chapters that it's like we've maxed out suggestive changes in google docs oh God. I didn't even know you could do that <laughs> right yes. I didn't either what's the number thousands I don't know it says you met the character limit and you have to literally create a whole new document to start over oh my God. And, and we just you know we're very passionate and we really want our books to be the very best that they can and you know sometimes I'm like I thought this chapter was so good and Brooke just destroyed it you know and vice versa but when you co-write you have to take that ego out you have to take that like personal connection that you have with your words and you have to look yeah. at it like will this make it better for our readers will this make the scene stronger is this info dump does this sentence read clunky with the rest of it and usually you know she's right and same way like she'll be like yeah I'm gonna go ahead and cut that because it, it was telling you know and so um when you take out the the personal aspect of it and you look at it as a whole you're like yeah this they're right they they're looking at that with fresh eyes so it does hurt it does hurt um it does hurt like oh yeah it's don't. very mature and very much not something I'm capable of doing <laughs> very twisted but you know I can say also that since I have been writing with Brooke I have become a much stronger writer because she brings me to the next level and I'd like to think that I do the same because we are so hard on each other with what we write and what we publish so and isn't that the greatest romance of all time I know right <laughs> It really is. Okay, so I had a, I had a question, and then I thought you were going to answer it, and then now I'm now I'm back to my question. Do you guys live near each other now, or do you still live one in Wisconsin, one in Texas? Yep, I live okay. at the bottom of the map, and she lives at the top. Yeah, but yeah. we're both on Central Standard Time, so that makes That's it nice. really easy. So mm -hmm. that is good. Where in Wisconsin? Sorry, I'm I'm an no, Illinois. SJ's in yeah. Minnesota, so yeah. where is uh, she? Brooke lives in Fond du Lac. Okay, oh, I, okay. I used to live in Milwaukee back in the day. 
So. I flew into there earlier this year because we were doing some boxes. And, like, I don't know in my mind. I guess I thought, like, Wisconsin and Milwaukee would be, like, this huge airport. I mean, I flew out of Houston. So, yeah, that's a big one. You know, and so I'm like, I get to Milwaukee and I'm like, this is it? Like, and then when I flew back, when I went through TSA, they gave me, like, a yellow card to give to the agent and because I'm pre-check. And I'm like, this is so strange. Like, this is... Like, <laughs> I have never, oh, I haven't never flown in there in a either. long, long time. So I don't remember, like, I don't even remember the airport. But yeah, it's not, It's like a very livable city. It's very easy to, yeah. to get around. And it's like cheap, too. And there's bars everywhere. So can't be mad. But, well, and it's definitely like the lingo. Because like, yeah, I live in Minnesota. I always have. I write all my books are based in Minnesota. But so I you use Minnesota the lingo. lingo. Because it's that's what they're supposed to, right? But like I call it pop and not soda. But yeah, like if you're trying to write, like that's why I could never write a book anywhere else because I would never know what the fuck to call something in Texas. Like a pop and soda, that's cute. We just call it all Coke, so that's right, right. which is so confusing. Like I don't understand how that works. What kind of Coke do you want? A Sprite, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm in the South also now, but I'm in Charleston, so I'm like Southeast Coast. I don't even know. I I don't know that the Southern Texas and the Southern like Southeast are even remotely the same. I don't really think they are. I, you know, I don't think, I don't think they are either. I think it's different. Like there's a lot of like, Texas is a big old B, you know, like there's a lot of different areas of Texas where it's like city and then ranch and then farm and then mountains. Like we've got it all, Mm -hmm. all here. So it's kind of like, oh, you're from Texas. Of course you've got the stereotypes. Did you ride your horse to school? You know, stuff like that. But (laughs) you know for the most part I live in I live on the border of Louisiana and Texas like I could throw a rock and hit Louisiana um and I'm by the beach which is disgusting it looks like chocolate milk so I mean (laughs) living my best southern gulf coast life yeah you're gulf coast I'm Atlantic coast over here living by the beach uh and yeah that's you just gave us a real visceral visual to to sit with so thank you right (laughs) well so i know you have like some cowboy books because that's the other one i have next up is i don't have the title in front of me but wrangle wrangle something yeah wrangling the cowboy Mm -hmm. yeah because that was one that britney's like you gotta read this one i'm like okay okay i'll do that one next i'm gonna read this one first so do you are they all in the south or do you have any midwest books um so so we don't new york yeah we don't have any midwest books at this point in time we have had some characters in our southern romance series that's from wisconsin so brooke could get you know her love for the green green bay packers out and (laughs) oh boy um you know bring in some of her lambo uh, stadium yeah, yeah, some of her lingo and stuff, but um, no, we we haven't set anything there. We may eventually. I would just be lost, you know, because I don't know. I think with our southern books, Brooke has gotten really good at you know talking southern. She even's like, "You wrote this dialogue, and it's not southern enough." And I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> you know, You're so. like, "I am southern." <laughs> So uh, I have a a question unrelated, but back to the beginning of our conversation. What was the MLM y'all were doing? (laughs) Oh, LuLaRoe. Oh, okay. A big one. And then I have to say, like, I'm not surprised like that someone could succeed in a really difficult business, like an MLM, like a LuLaRoe, and then also succeed in book marketing. Like to me, that makes good sense. 
Yeah, I, I I guess it is in a way. Like I sucked at the MLM. I'm just gonna be completely honest. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a team. Like I was I was sold on the dream of eventually quitting my job to write by doing <laughs> yeah. this thing. But like right. after I told my husband I'm gonna join this thing and he laughed and he said, You know that's a pyramid scheme. And I was like, No, it's not. <laughs> you know, and he's like, Okay, well, you know what? When you come to terms with reality, I'm going to tell you, I told you so, you know, and I'm like, okay. Um, But Brooke was very successful. I think she had uh, 30 people under her. Her entire basement was full of LuLaRoe. I wasn't into it like that. You know, I truly believed that, you know, you could just sell stuff and make money. I didn't realize, you know, that you actually had to build a team to make money. That Um, you were the thing being sold, actually. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I watched so much anti-MLM content online now that it's just like I was bamboozled like I really like maybe I'm gold you're not alone no no no, no. no. I think yeah. the thing that's the parallel to me is like the hustle is real like, yeah yes those that's yes. where I see the similarities where it's like if you want to do an MLM and even people with hustle will obviously fail because they're all meant to fail but like book, book business is the same you want to succeed yes you have to know how to write yes you have to have a lot of skill but mostly you have to have a marketable item that you exactly. are going to grind for. And that's tough. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I tell people, they're like, well, how did y'all, you know, make USA Today on the first four books that you released as Kennedy Fox as a brand new pen name? You know, and this was 2016. Now I can be like, that was a long time ago. But when we did it, <laughs> it was like, you know, I was shocked. I never expected us to, to sell really, really well. You know, when you, we had both published, Brooke was very successful before she started writing with me. I I did well. I never made a list on my own, um, which is okay. You know, that doesn't tell, that doesn't tell people what my worth is. Right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. You know, but it was like, I, I, I couldn't believe that this happened. I couldn't believe that we sold. And then, you know, you always get that drop off in your KDP dashboard after a book releases after about a week. I mean, that's normal to get the spike and then the down hill but it just kept going up and going up and like I remember one time it looked like a cat like cat ears and I was like, yeah. how is this even possible it went right back up like the next week and I was like I this is unbelievable to me and then you know then we knew we were like wow this this is actually kind of going a little viral and people are, are really in, enjoying this but for us you know it gave us a way to not write with the expectations of our current brands we got to literally start over and we everybody's like oh well did you use your blogger list did you use your connections we started completely over Wow. And the only reason we were, I believe we were successful is because we had published previously. So we had prior experience and we made a lot of mistakes under those names. I mean, I talk about how many mistakes I made under Lyra Parish all the time, you know? And so this I when can relate we, to. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that happens like to get to the top, you have to fall down. You know what I mean? You have to struggle. You have to learn those hard lessons that are devastating that some people don't make it to the other side of. They quit. They can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but with Kennedy Fox, we had the knowledge, although we started on a very um, blank slate, we had a foundation of our knowledge. And so we got to create Kennedy Fox branded from the get go. Mm-hmm. It wasn't struggling to find your brand and your voice and who you were as an author. It was we knew that this is what it's going to be. We know what covers are selling. Like we don't have to change cover 
births four times because we don't know the market. Um, we were very prepared when we launched. And I think that's the reason why we were so successful. And, you know, a lot of new authors try to emulate that. And they're like, I want, I want to do what y'all did, but you haven't learned the lessons and you haven't made the mistakes and you haven't fallen down 10 times, you know, to get up that 11th time to be successful. Um, so, you know, yeah, it, it, it did really great. It's still doing great. And I'm so grateful that I, I get to, to do this and write with Brooke. It, it wasn't an easy journey to get there. Which is the cold, hard truth. Our, yeah, like our guest. So we had Eve Dangerfield on last week and she was like, you know, people think I said this on. I keep repeating what she said, but it's true. <laughs> and what you're saying is true, which is that you look at people who have made it, mm-hmm. quote unquote, whatever that means to you. And you think they just walked into it and knew what they were doing. But truly, maybe a few people do. But truly, most of us are just stumbling and trying to find our way. And that's OK. The trick yeah. is fight through it. Believe in yourself, like hold on to your values and keep working. And mm-hmm. that's where you find success. I say that as someone who has no success, by the way, <laughs> just um, a hope and a dream. Well, my book, my first book is not published yet. It's com- it's coming out in two weeks. So we'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> you can't judge yourself too harshly. I'm I sure I'm going to be making a lot of mistakes. I, I certainly already have, but it's all, it's all about the journey. And, you know, on my YouTube channel, I talk to newer authors who are writing their first book, who have published a few books and like, they can't get reviews or they can't get sales or they can't get this. And I'm like, you know, we've all been there at some point, unless you have connections. But I mean, most of us are not unicorns or besties with someone who's, you know, with Sally Thorne or something. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I wish I would have had that handout. I didn't right, have that. Right. And so I can stand up and be very proud of what we've accomplished because we worked very hard for that without the help of someone else. You know, I just did a live stream where I talked to J.S. Cooper and you know, we, she told me the story about bloggers back in the day and how much power we talked about how much mm-hmm. power they had a blogger could make you or break you. And that's not the case anymore. And I mean, it helps every little bit helps, but mm-hmm. you know, if a blogger didn't like you, they could have you boycotted from everybody. Everybody would stop reading you because this one person didn't like you. Right. And that's not the same in 2022. Nobody cares if so-and-so doesn't like you anymore. I mean, at least I don't see that anymore. Um, so newer authors, today, they have the advantage because you have all this information at your fingertips. In 2013, 2014, I would like scour the keyboards because Facebook didn't have groups like it has today. You know, we would just try to get as much information as we could and you had to make the mistakes. Now a lot of people can bypass that Mm -hmm. because you have people talking about self-publishing and, you know, all the things that they did wrong. Um, But it's a different uh, climate too with marketing and the way that you have to present yourself online than it was back then. So you have to be able to adapt if you want to continue forward and continue publishing and continuing to be successful. Yeah, there's absolutely the give and the take of, I mean, with all the different social media platforms between Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I know. <laughs> there's, so, there's so much opportunity, but there's also yes. everybody, I swear to God, everyone's writing a book, you know? So like yeah. everyone you know is like, ooh, I'm writing a book now. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so then it's like everyone, you know, you're out there trying to promote each other while also trying to promote your own stuff while also trying to grab attention from people and then like being on every platform and present. I mean, it definitely, it's, it's worth the hassle. Like obviously yeah, you know, it's like I spend sure. a huge amount of time of my day on social media, but it's, <laughs> the <laughs> it's good marketing. news is like romance is 
a big genre, but the audience for romance is ready for it. Like consume all, eat everything. There is a limitless amount of space for all of us. And I'd rather be in that mindset than the one of like, I've got to put other people down or I've got to like elbow my way to the top or whatever. You really don't. You just don't don't. have to do that. You know, and I talk about that a lot. Like there is an unlimited amount of readers out there for everybody, for every Mm -hmm. genre, really. I mean, the thing is, is like, we're lucky that we're in a profession where we're not selling cars that people drive for four to 10 years. We sell right. a book and there are people out there who read that book in a day and then they're on to right. the next, you know. Yep. It's- well, even with 38 books, someone could like some of these dedicated readers a month and a half, they'd binge your entire backlog. Yes. And they're like, exactly. we're ready for the next and, one. And they do. And they'll go into our group and they're like, okay, I read your entire backlist. When, when is the next one coming? And I'm like, we can't even write fast. Sweating enough. over a keyboard. <laughs> Right? Gift, for real we're like oh my god we gotta write more books you know yeah yeah so, i can't wait to have a backlog that takes people more than a week to finish oh my so god. Like, right? i read all six i'm like uh, well that's well, all you Im- have <laughs> impulse is a real thing you want to keep people's impulse high you want to keep their interest mm-hmm. high and uh it's a lot of production so like if you figured out a way to be able to produce like that like more power to you i mean that's not easy what you guys have done yeah i worked corporate for 10 years and that sounds bad yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. I, I vlogged my entire journey of quitting my job and put it on the internet. But um, the thing is, is like, I know what it's like to struggle and have a full time job and want that dream of being home and writing books all day. Like, you know, I couldn't relate to people who were like, Oh, well, you know, I'm gonna wake up and drink my cup of coffee and then write a chapter today. And that's what I'm gonna do. You know, like, I couldn't relate because mm-hmm. I would go to work from eight to five or seven, you know, whenever I got off, I had a douchebag boss who drove me absolutely batty. No surprise there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I did all that while doing Kennedy Fox for several years. I quit in 2020. Um, And I started writing religiously in 2011. So, you know, people are like, oh, well, you quit your job. And and people got super jealous over it. And I'm like, I've done this for a decade of my life. When you have worked at your job for a decade and you have written for that entire decade and, you know, got three hours of sleep, but knew you had to be at work the next day because whatever, you can't call in, but your release is the next week and you have to do all this stuff. Like until people have struggled like that, I have no sympathy. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I earned it and you know I, it, I'm proof that if you keep going and if you keep working regardless if it takes you five years or ten years or however as long as you don't give up and you keep moving forward and you keep becoming a better writer learning different things mark with marketing adapting yourself to the ever-changing market then you can ha- make all your dreams come true too you know you just can't give up especially when it gets hard mm-hmm. this is so motivational for me I love it I also very motivational a job <laughs> Let it work during my regular hours. I never worked corporate, but I am very entrepreneurial and I worst. had my own business for many, many years, of which I ran myself so ragged. I Man. like every part of my body began to like shut down. Um, and it's not easy. Like, it's not easy to also follow a dream while you're like, but I have to be a respectable person or I have to pay bills or whatever, you know, right. most people have to pay bills. So yeah, it's... <laughs> Most people. <laughs> Most people. Yes. 
it's yeah. fucking hard, man. That shit is fucking hard, and we all it is. struggle. Um, yeah. So bravo, you are. we're doing it. You know, Truly. it's amazing for sure. I mean, yeah, it was it was a solid ten years of my life, and it was it was hard. You know, it was very very hard. And um, I always talk about how you know that day that Brooke was like, "Do you want to try co-writing?" And I was like, "Yes." That changed like the entire <laughs> trajectory of my mm-hmm. life for real. That one decision yeah. when I was just like, "Yeah, let's do this thing. It'll be cool." Like I have nothing else. <laughs> going on. I love these moments. You know, yeah. it changed the entire trajectory of my life. My dad had a stroke and my boss was being a total dick. And I was like, you know what? I had planned a year before that I was going to quit my job. I told everybody, I said, I'm going to quit my job. This is the day I put it on YouTube. I said, I'm going to quit my job. I'm I'm done. And I've told everybody at my job, like my friends, I'm like, I'm going to quit. And they're like planning stuff. We had these chili cook-offs and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, next year for the chili cook-off. And I'd be like, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to get the last laugh. Like, like, I'm really not going to be here. <laughs> you know, and I've been saying that for years and they all took it as a joke. Like, oh, she thinks she's going to quit to go write books. But then my dad got ill and I basically had to like take care of my parents and like was the main person who made all the decisions for my dad's medical health. And um, I looked at my bank account and I'd already started preparing to quit because for some reason in that July, I was like, I'm going to quit next year. And so I left in February on Valentine's Day of 2020, I went into my boss's office after he was ready to gripe me out and gave him my notice. And I was like, it's so bittersweet that I quit. I put in my notice on Valentine's Day, like as a romance author, like so satisfying. uh, Oh my God. This makes me so happy. (laughs) And so, you know, I worked my two weeks and I got to spend time with my dad before he passed away that I would not have gotten if I would have still worked corporate. Like writing those books, like best thing that ever happened to me in my life. And then the lesson here, say yes to things, one. And also you get one life, as we all know. And so what are you doing with the one life you get? Absolutely. Time time is that one commodity that billionaires can't buy. That's true. It's the one thing that all these people that have all this money in the entire world, they can't buy it and we can't buy it. So you have to take all those little moments and all those things that you want to do that you're like, oh my God, I want to write this book, but like, I don't have time for that. Time is limited and you don't want to, I don't want to be an 80 year old, you know, watching TV with like my 40 cats with a crocheted blanket (laughs) on my lap going, you know, I wish when I was in my twenties or thirties or forties or fifties, I wish that I would have just written that book that's been in my heart. I don't want to Mm -hmm. look back at my life like that, you know, and I did take risks and it takes risks sometimes. You don't always make the right decision, but you get back up and you keep going. And sometimes you're cringy and embarrassing and you do stupid things and you know what, that's part of life too. And you got to just accept it. (laughs) Worth going after what you want, like ultimately at the end of the day, even if it seems like the biggest risk and doing the things that you don't think you would ever do that might be out of character for you. I like to tell people that the only person who has your best interest in mind is yourself. Yep. You know, and that's period. It's business for everyone. And you know, I have, I have a black corporate heart soul. (laughs) I do. And I, I, my degrees are in finance and economics. I'm a business major and I was an accountant and I did forecasting for billion dollar project projects. I was the only person at my job who did it. (laughs) 
it, I dealt with a bunch of engineers and, and yeah. contractors and just a lot of people. Also, the the refinery manager, all the directors, and the people that was at our headquarters, I dealt with them as well. And so um, I think because I worked corporate for so long, I don't take shit from anybody. That's period. That's I, worked, mm-hmm. I worked in a man's world and I'm not intimidated by anyone. My father was a Marine in Vietnam War. war and he raised me to be a bad bitch. <laughs> that and like I don't don't bow down to men I don't let anyone intimidate me I call things out if they're wrong and you know when we fire people as Kennedy Fox I fire people oh you're the one I'm the one guys because this really is a business and you have to treat your books as a business as well and people will walk all over you people will take yes they will publishers um (laughs) editors cover designers everybody want a piece of your pie and they will scam you out of your money. They will give you lip service. They will do all these mm-hmm. things for you. And if you're not experienced enough to know that they are screwing you over, they will continue to take your money. Absolutely. So you have to just, you have to look at it like a business. Yes, it's fun. It's a hobby. I love it. I want to wake up and do it, you know, without any pants on. That sounded <laughs> No, it sounded great. Yeah. It sounded good. Okay. Like I, I love, I, it's my hobby, but it's also my job and it's also my career. And you have to put yourself first in situations. And even if someone is your friend, if it doesn't work for your business, then you do not have to say yes or no. I mean, right. you don't have to say yes. You can say no as hard as that is, you know. Right. Not everyone's going to like you. No. And that's okay. You that's know, we're, okay. Not, we're not Nutella. I, I'm, non, I'm not <laughs> problematic. I try to stay out of drama. Um, you know, but people also know not to come at me because I, I stick to myself and I take it really seriously. If I'm paying you, you better do what I'm paying you to do. And if not, I'll get rid of you and replace you. It's a great practice. There's nothing wrong with any of that. <laughs> so, um, very motivating and I'm excited. Let's talk it. We're 40 minutes in, so I don't want to keep you for the rest of your life here. Would you be excited to do a little rapid fire questioning with us? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. Give it to me. All right. First, willing would you be excited to do it would you That's be excited? <laughs> uh, all right first question would you rather plant bay or dessert bay what does that mean it, that's a great question so <laughs> plant bay some people just answer it themselves like they just decide what it is but i'll tell you what we've defined it as and okay. you can define it differently if you'd like so plant bay would be like a guy you fuck who can control vines and plants and whatnot. So maybe there's okay. some plant bondage, that kind of thing. Dessert gotcha. bay is a guy who there's like food bay in, involved in your sex, but it's desserts. So like some whipped cream. Okay, and- yeah, we'll go with desserts. How about that? Okay, dessert bay. The less this is a brand new question. So I well I haven't heard that question before because <laughs> you you've never done that on one of mine. So I too was like I don't I don't know what that means. So we'll change them up. I was I was the guinea pig for this question got it you were yeah <laughs> well we've asked it it has been asked before um but the i think the person like came up with plant bay who we asked it to so i'm also new to the podcast relatively so yes a little bit um all right know. next one pick your monster bait kraken spider cicada or lizard Ew. <laughs> i'm gonna go with cicada oh and now tell us why Okay, so in Texas, like the cicadas, like in the summer, they're just like, it feels like home. So yeah, we're going to do that. I like that. That is fair, but But I don't like it. (laughs) They're all disgusting. That's fine. They are all disgusting. (laughs) 
Would you rather a book that makes you cry or a book that makes you laugh? Oh, uh, I think I would go with laugh. Me too. That's what I'm going to go with laugh. I mean, my life has been such a, a hellhole that I really don't need a book to make me cry. I can do that on my own. Right. That's what I say, too. <laughs> the world's next enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, Disney villain you'd like to fuck. Jafar, Captain Hook, Gaston, Ursula, Cruella, or Scar, the hottest well, of the Disney villains. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go with Captain Hook. That's Fair a good enough. choice. That's a good choice. I, okay. <laughs> yeah. Dick comparison. A spur, a centaur dick, or a double dick. These are all references to certain romance novels. Apparently, I have not caught up on my romance. I can give you the TBR for them. Um, okay, yeah. so we're just we're just gonna go with the double dick, okay? Right. So yeah. to yeah, to give you the yeah. info, so a spur is from uh, Ice Planet Barbarians. Uh, the centaur dick is obviously from any kind of centaur, like whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and then the double dick was recent, most recently from Katie Roberts' Dra- The Dragon Bride. I think yes. that was the name of the- Or something the, like that, yeah. Has a double dick, yeah. I went to um, hold on, I have to tell you a story real quick. I went yeah, to a yes, and I learned so much about lizard dicks that like I came <laughs> home and had to tell my husband all the things that I learned about it because they were doing like lizard romance. And so oh I just Google. It's crazy. I will absolutely not Google that. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I got Safe search off. <laughs> yeah. No, anyway, that reminded me of some, some lizard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Listen to a smutty audiobook out loud in public or read the smuttiest passage of your book to a member of your family. Oh, I'll listen to smut in public. I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, easy enough all right next one pick your mythological half human a minotaur a centaur a mer like a merfolk or fawn i'm gonna go with merfolk so that's like very popular yeah and your chocolate milk water there you go oh god okay (laughs) crystal clear blue water for that um follow-up question do you have sex with them in the water and risk them killing you because we all know that merfolk be doing that or do you have sex with them out of the water and risk killing them because they're fucking fish <laughs> oh man i think we'd have to flip a coin like you know if if we're really into it be like hey let's flip a coin one of us could potentially die but we'll let the universe decide which one and what a way to go <laughs> it's like a shallow pool not an option here <laughs> so just like a right? pool. <laughs> compromise um all right read this is a chaotic one read a book that is missing every other chapter or read a book that's missing the last third oh man i think i would go with the every other chapter thing because i could piece it together and create the story in my mind if i was missing the last half i would probably just or last third i'd probably just be pissed Mm -hmm. right like what happens yeah (laughs) um all right next one have to pick one a hot anti-hero or a hot dom i'm gonna go with anti-hero also popular one Okay, follow-up question. (laughs) Every time I ask this question, I cut it out, but I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) Speaking of anti-heroes, is BoJack Horseman hot? I don't even know who that is. I had to look this up when you you asked this question, and I was was literally Googling on my phone. I'm like, who the fuck is that? And it's is this like the cartoon horse character? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's voiced Voiced by Will Arnett. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like an anthropomorphic horse human character uh-huh. um, voiced by Will Arnett in a very popular like adult cartoon. Um, I've never seen it. There's like so many yeah. famous like Alison Brie and Amy uh, fuck what's her name? Schumer? No no no. Um, Throwing out Sedaris. Amy Sedaris. <laughs> like there's just really smart funny like it's hilarious. It's like very absurdist and surreal but like a really great great show so and I just like. I feel like you need to find out if people watch that before we. something because i am terrible with actors television series oh, me too movies. yeah like you know i'm i can't I'm, remember names to save my life same well, this is what one yeah. to check out i'm just saying okay uh all right <laughs> next pick a supernatural this is a classic vampire werewolf alien or dragon shifter i'm gonna go with vampire the, the vampires are hot on the van yeah yeah uh, please, please bite me and let me live forever like right. can you do it before i get old like i'd like right. to be in my 30s so then i can just be like this forever oh, also my 20s. Right. <laughs> okay read a fade to black romance in your favorite subgenre or read a high heat romance in your least favorite subgenre oh man i would probably choose fade to black just because I I can read a fade to black scene and then my brain just fills it all in for me. I mean, you yeah. are a writer and you do write yeah, a lot of this is fair. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dirty scenes in that book. <laughs> a lot, I know. You know, that book has great. like the most sex in it that I think most, like, it might be number two now after the last book we released, but it has the most scenes in it. Out of did, Which is also one right of the reasons why we narrowed it down to that book because we're like, right. well, okay, obviously the this is going to be an easy choice. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. monopoly scene? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. There was a lot of good ones. There's some kitchen there was stuff kitchen happening. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was good. <laughs> Never forget. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of that book. Fuck, Mary kill. Ryan, Eli, or Tristan. Or no, not or. Fuck, Millie, Mary kill. The three of them. Yeah, and that's the series for anyone listening. Right, the three guys. Yes. Okay. It was Eli who? Ryan? Ryan, Eli, and Tristan. Right, because Tristan's the bodyguard, right? Yeah, so okay. it would be Mary, Tristan. Ooh. Probably. Well, he's so you can We can say Mame. You don't have to kill him, because like I had I changed that for Cat too when she asked me this. I'm like, I can't kill my characters, so you can do Mame. You can do it. You can kill them. I mean, I would probably, I'd, I'd probably kill Ryan just because, like, he's kind, of, he's kind of a douchebag. Like, he is good looking. But, he was you kind know. of a douchebag. That's his thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, I guess, fuck Eli. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him first. Marry Tristan. You're good. That's great. That was the last one. You did it. <laughs> you survived. <laughs> you did a great job. Time always flies by when I'm chatting with people. I'm I know. <laughs> So, um, do we want to talk about anything else? We're coming up in an hour. What, what book? You said you're working on something. Tell us what's coming up next, and then we'll kind of do our little we'll recap. Do a close out, yeah, sure. So, the next book that Kennedy Fox re- is releasing is Tempting the Cowboy. It is a small town southern romance. It's an interconnected standalone, so you can start right there. You can start right at the beginning of the Circle B Ranch series. Um, Tempting the Cowboy is actually an age gap romance. There is is a virgin heroine as well. Ooh, I'm um, here for it. <laughs> and it's going to be very steamy. It's it's great. Uh, we're coming up in the end of this series. And um, I like to tell people, like, you should probably start at the beginning just so you can get the whole family saga vibe and learn yeah, who everyone yeah. is. But you don't have to. But it's it's going to be a great book. I'm really excited for it to release. What, what number is that in the series? Uh, this is going to be number six. Seven. No, number eight. <laughs> Jesus. 
Yeah. You guys That's are awesome. putting them Do you have out. a date for it? Do you uh, have a date yet for this launch? Yeah, it's June. Oh, gosh. What is the date? <laughs> of course, like, I can't remember our own release date. That is okay. I can't remember shit, so I get it. Same. <laughs> it's in June. I think it's June 7th, but I could be wrong. It pre-orders up, so if y'all okay. are interested, okay. y'all can go it's and summer. pre-order. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. go on Amazon, go look it up. Pre-order it. Just, Ranch series. Yes, Read them all. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Books are on all the yeah. platforms. So check us out. Can you also okay. um drop your socials for us so we have those? Sure. Um, so you can find Kennedy Fox on Instagram at Kennedy Fox Duo. We just had this big argument with Facebook and they deleted our Instagram and Facebook account. <gasps> we Wait, won't what? Talk, did they we won't talk about th- yeah, they did. I'm sorry. Um, you know, pseudonym life, they somebody had our account and charged Ugh. a bunch of money under our ads account and then they deactivated our stuff <sighs> and since our Facebook and Instagram were connected it's wow. we had to make a new one yeah we're still Nightmare. fighting yes yeah, so find us at Kennedy Fox Duo on Instagram but everywhere else you can find us at Kennedy Fox Books um Brooke is Brooke K Fox on TikTok and on Instagram I'm Lyra Parrish everywhere and if you are a self-published author and you want to hear me talk some more you can also find me on youtube at the courtney project i literally talk about self-publishing my mistakes as an author um the things that i've done that's worked i try to give tips and trips to t- tips and tricks to bring newbies up to the next level so come and join me we're everywhere check her out and go support independent authors as usual um yeah. and uh my name is cat i you can find me at cat author on most platforms c-a-t-w-y-n-n and also don't forget to pre-order slash order depending on when depending on when you're listening to this my debut novel partner track which is a high heat workplace rom-com and sj how about you i am sj tilly you can find me sj tilly author on every fucking thing um by the time this airs my next book will be out smoky darling so yeah go get it you know how to find me so uh very exciting courtney thank you so much this has been so fun i am so excited that we got to talk to you it was really great this was great and to our listeners as always thanks for coming and then we we roll out roll out i'm gonna stop the recording i remember someone so bright then i was really trying not to cry then I was really hugging you goodbye then You can have my MP3 when I'm dead Play the shit and listen to what I said